There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Have we got a little sick note there today? Are you all right? You've got a bit of a cough. Yeah. Do you know what? Everyone in this house has been sick for like, I don't know, Gigi started it. And then I just can't shake it. Axel's got some sort of ear thing. It's just that time of year. But also, we have got a hypochondriac in the house as well. Gigi's just Who's got... Judgy? No, Gigi. Gigi Judgy. Oh, really? Um, so, you know, she's just got to that stage where she's worked out that if she's ill, you get, like, attention. So... She's saying at school, like each day, like, oh, I've got a bad tummy. Oh, I've got this. Even so much so, she's written on her Christmas list that she'd like a new hip. Oh, right. Wow. <laughs> a new hip. A new hip. A new hip. <laughs> because she's obviously just been listening to things that people complain about and get attention from and wrote on her Christmas list, new hip. So, yes, sick note, but also we have got. Hyper, uh, yeah, a severe case of hypochondria. She's like a seventy-five-year-old so. lady called Marjorie, yeah. isn't she? Oh, yes. just going in for my new hip. My new hip. When she when she comes down in the morning, she goes, "Oh, I'm not feeling well," and I'm like, "Oh, what's wrong?" She goes, "My hip." I'm like, "Oh, okay, okay, okay." And she she genuinely hasn't like pulled her hip. She's genuinely she like not, no, because she doesn't actually know no. where her hip is because sometimes okay, her hip yeah. is her elbow, sometimes it's her shoulder, sometimes yeah. it's her foot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just did, yeah. Yeah, I've had to just go and pick stage. her up from ballet. I had to go and pick her up from school one day. And then when I did, they said, oh, here's our Oscar actress. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, it's so that funny. That is hilarious. Yeah, everyone knows. Like, everyone's gotten on to it. Um, so, yeah, that's, yeah, so sick. I am actually a little bit sick, but. Yeah, yeah. I'm sending you a lot yeah, of love. You thanks. need How someone to you? look after you, George. <laughs> I do. Um, I'm good. I'm coming off the back of a really lovely, wholesome, amazing weekend with the kids. So I feel topped up and I've started doing boxing again. So I'm training with this guy called Dan, who has got this really cool, um, he works out of Locker 27, which is the gym that I use. Um, It's not far from where we live. It's in Weybridge and um, Adelston Weybridge. And this guy there called Dan, who used to be a boxer, he's just this brilliant kind of the way that his mind works and the way that he puts the sessions together. Dodger and I are doing Monday morning and then Friday, um, Wednesday. So we're doing an hour of boxing, but it's like boxer size. So one of us will be boxing with him and then the other one will be doing, you know, toe taps or push ups or burpees or whatever. And I just love it. I 
absolutely loving it. So that's so that's made me feel good. We went down to the Four Seasons on Friday night and in Hampshire. Oh my God, how and got was a night it? Away. Oh, was it what amazing? A treat that was that hotel is by far and away the best hotel I've ever stayed at in the UK. Really, like hands hands down. Like the service but was what? incredible. Like what was good? I've seen the pool there with like a big slide in it and stuff. Did you use that? Yeah, Sharky's Reef, it's called. Yeah. Um, so it's super catered for kids. The room that we stayed in, you know, they had like a little separate room. They made the sofa bed into a double bed and then they brought an extra bed in. It, um, everything is catered for kids down to like games and there's you can go see the horses. Obviously, the pools are really fantastic. But just the general feeling of the hotel, everyone was like, good morning, Zoe. Hi, how's it going? You know, everyone was just really lovely and mm. You know, it was just, yeah, I feel very, very, very lucky and very spoiled. So that was really great. That was on Friday. We did our Christmas tree yesterday, George. Oh, lovely. So I feel very Christmassy. I've got on top of all my Christmas. I'm feeling smug this morning. You feel, you do, you are. You're sounding chipper this morning. Chipper. I'm ch- yeah, chipper's probably a better word than smug because I'm not being smug. I'm just feeling like I'm happy. I think it's happiness. I'm pleased that you're Thank having you. a, good, a good morning because that's what we need, don't we? That's this time. I mean, we give do. it. A few hours, I'll be Some crying. Positivity. Now, Probably. today's guest. <laughs> Do you know what? Today's guest was actually very upbeat, considering I think the freshest new mother we've ever had on the podcast. Is it? Is 100%. Can we confirm? Five weeks yeah, 100%. in. I mean, I'm my mind is just like blown that she was just there there ready to record you know on the zoom ready to record yeah. talking her hair beautiful sense. her hair yeah. unbelievable no. i mean oh, it is always good i think when we get someone who is right in the middle of it because i think it's so easy to forget a lot of the things that go through your head a lot of the emotions um but yeah, I mean, wow, loved it. Absolutely loved this chat. Loved her as well. Yeah. Loved her honesty. I mean, we always say that on the podcast when we really get an insight into the mind of someone that's going through it, you know, like real raw, honest, mm. relatable conversation. This was one of those chats and she really speaks our language as well. She wasn't frightened to say that, you know, she didn't really want to be a mum. She didn't really, she hadn't spent any time with young kids. Mm. You know, it, it just de- definitely wasn't on her agenda. And I thought, I thought I found the conversation around the guilt quite interesting that she actually yeah. just felt guilty constantly about, you know, various different things around the pregnancy, around the birth and everything that she was saying in my mind, I was thinking, yeah, I felt that too. I thought that too. Yeah. I thought she was really brave today. Really brave. I, I loved her. And I think we should get into it because um, it's a beautiful conversation. George, who are we talking to today? We are chatting to, and I can't quite believe we're chatting to because she's so new to motherhood, TV chef Ravneet Gill. Yay! Yay! <laughs> new mum, how are you coping? Oh my goodness. I was saying before, I have never, ever looked after a baby before. I've never changed a nappy, don't know anything about them. And I find it mad that when you're in the hospital, they're just like, here's a baby. And then you go home. <laughs> Off <laughs> you go. <laughs> we talk about this all the time because Georgia and I were exactly the same as you, as in not very much experience with little ones, didn't have a clue what we were doing. And then suddenly you're like, oh God, 
this this baby's not going to go now. This is my responsibility forever. It's quite full on. It's a lot. And I also didn't go to like NCT classes near no. or anything. So I, d- I don't have that WhatsApp group to message. So I've been asking like every single person I know, like random questions like, the baby's crying at this time and I don't know why, but I'm figuring it out and I like oh, it. Okay, good. For those people listening who don't know, you're five weeks into parenting. Exactly. So, so super weeks. duper fresh, like really fresh. But I think, I guess we'd love to hear, like go back and bring us up to like where you are now so you mentioned that you'd never looked after a baby before was it something did you always want to be a mum or you know was it not really always in the plan no love it (laughs) and I actually spoke about this on Instagram recently because I the way that I was so adamantly against having children people around me are quite shocked that I had a baby but it wasn't that I didn't want children I just didn't I the, the thought of birth freaked me out so much. I don't know why I've always had this completely like ridiculous fear of birth. So I always wanted to adopt children because I love kids and I love like looking after people. I'm like very like animal, I love animals, but I didn't want a baby myself because I didn't understand the physiology of it. And I also thought birth was completely scary and really ridiculous. Why would anyone want to do it? So in all my friendship groups, I was always like, I would never want children. I can't, I can't even consider it. And then I got pregnant and then I'm now with a baby. So all my friends are quite shocked by it. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit. Take us back to your to your childhood. Talk to us about what it was like, you know, growing up in your family and and your kind of, I guess, position within that in terms of siblings and, and parents and stuff. So I just have one brother and we're 18 months apart and I'm the youngest. And it was a pretty, pretty nice childhood. My mum was a stay-at-home mum, but she also worked at she had an office job, but she was like the dinner lady at two, two of my schools. So it was quite nice. She was always there. Um, she was a dinner lady and then teaching assistant. And my mom is a massive caregiver, but she also was, is like not the most warm. Okay. So, <laughs> so w- warm in terms of um, affection or um, I guess, what, what, yeah. what did, did describe? Like not warm. much affection. Okay. But, but it's more like my mum's affection is things like overfeeding me all the time and like yeah. constantly making sure that we have clean clothes, like everything is done. She's an amazing homemaker. But people, like my brother often says to her, give her a hug because he, he, she won't like give me a hug. And she's not the most warm. But since I've had the baby, my mum is the most cuddliest, friendliest lady this is so interesting this is is so interesting interesting because the grandparent role reignites something inside them that they maybe necessarily didn't do when uh, you know when you were a baby we've seen that with our mothers actually in particular that actually it's like a, a role that they can maybe revisit again and do things differently themselves yeah it's really nice and I was really shocked by it because even when I was pregnant my mum wasn't that warm towards me it was just kind of like and she also didn't give me any advice and I found it quite difficult because I kept saying to her what was your birth like like how was it because I was really panicked about it and she kept saying it was fine I was fine I just did it get on with it that's and that's my wow. mum down to a T wow. and my mum also claims that she had no contractions and that she just gave birth 
And I was like, that's not possible. Uh, this, is a, this is another thing. Yeah, this is another common thing. theme. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a common theme. It's like, my mum's like this. My mum <laughs> told me that, like, the whole sleep thing, I was so worried about. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what, what's going to happen? I really need my sleep. Like, I can't cope with that. And she went, oh, we'll be fine. I don't remember waking up a single time with you ever in the night. <laughs> and I was like, really? Right. I don't know why they do she it. still said it now she's still like no you definitely didn't you never woke us up no you're really good I used to put four <laughs> bottles in your cot in each corner and I was like right and you used to just help yourself just oh, a massive okay. a massive milk chunk just yeah oh, at four right. months old okay. oh lovely okay. oh I have that one off the left left <laughs> corner now and oh it's but that's so interesting that you say that do you, where do you think your like fear around birth came from because it's obviously not your mum didn't idea. tell you a scary birth story <laughs> no and I think I think it was just like I didn't understand how it worked and I thought it was totally scary and then I heard a really awful story when I was about 14 from a friend, family friend who gave birth. It was such a horrible story about like what happened. And that stuck in my mind. And I thought, right, because me and her are very similar body shape, the same thing will happen to me. So that's why I just can't do it. And ever since then, I was just like, nope, not for me. Would never want to do that. Mm. Talk, talk to us about um, the moment that you found out you were pregnant. Um, where were you? You know, what, what were the feelings like around it? T t tell us that moment. <laughs> I was in complete shock because I I was being quite horrible to my now husband for like a good week, like quite horrible and like out of nowhere. And we we don't really argue much, but I was being like noticeably horrible. And we'd, we would have had a really nice day and I would just scream at him for no reason. And then it got to like the, the weekend and he said to me, have you like take a pregnancy test? It must be like, just take a pregnancy test. And I thought there's no way in hell would I be pregnant because it's just not something that I'm, I was like, that's not for me. It's not something that will happen. I just, that was my mindset. Took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant and I was in so much shock because I was convinced that it's just not something that would happen. Mm. Were you, would you say that you were scared? Were you like, you know, there's lots of people, I mean, I've, I've, I've looked at a pregnancy test and not necessarily been happy. Were you unhappy about it? Like what, what, what were your initial thoughts? I think my initial thoughts were, what am I going to do for work? Was my absolute first thing. I thought I've got all these work projects lined up. How am I not, how am I going to do them all? Cause you know, I'm self-employed and I, and my work is quite different to having like a contractual long-term job. That was my, definitely my first worry, but I was also quite excited by it I'll have to say I had a cat at this point and I'm really cat mad and I'd only got my first kitten in the October before so I had this cat for about four months and I was so in love and obsessed with this cat that actually by the time I found out I was pregnant I was like oh no I would actually quite like to look after something else like I, I, I can embrace this. <laughs> <laughs> what were people's reactions to you before you had the baby when you said to them yeah do you know what that's, not, that's just not for me. I don't, I don't think I'm going to be a mother. I think a lot of people 
I either had this whole pocket of women who would totally adamantly agree with me and be like, you know what, I feel exactly the same and I've always felt the same and it's so good to feel, to talk about this. And then I'd have the, like the group of people who'd be like, but you'd be such a good mom, you've got to be a mom. So uh, there was very like two very different camps of people. And my parents, especially my brother, yeah. would always tell me, no, you've got to change your mind. You know, you, um, you know, you'd be a great mom. And I, and my dad would always say how great it was. And I was like, you're crazy. I think it's a mad thing to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and I imagine, was there any pressure coming from, you know, your family to, you know, you, you were married to have a baby? Was the, were, were those conversations coming up at family functions? I mean, I wasn't married. So I was, I was engaged. I met Matty, my husband, years ago in a restaurant I worked in. And he's English, so he's not Indian. Yeah. And I remember getting engaged to him in the like October, the year before. And my mum said, I called my mum up. I said, mum, I'm engaged. And she said, to who? I said, to Matty, the guy <gasps> I'm with. That's literally my mum all over. She wow. said, to who? I said, to Matty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I know because he asked my dad and my brother if he could marry me, but my dad and brother just didn't think to tell my mum. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Then in, I fell pregnant in, I think it was March, February, March, or when I found out. And I told my parents and they were like, right, let's get this wedding done. Right. So then I got married in April. So it was like, I got, I would have waited probably another two years. Yeah. But my, par- my parents they were very the much on. the mind. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And they said, you've got to marry him ASAP. And I was already engaged. So, it, you know, I knew I wanted to marry him, but I didn't think it would be that quick. And everyone on social media was like, why are you married now? Yeah, I mean, I thought, well, I love this guy and I'm not, I don't want to be with anyone else. I also knew I was going to marry him. And I told him before that if he wanted to be with me, he had to marry me. So, because he was a bit anti-marriage. Right. So if anything, it's like, it was more the ceremony. We just officiated it. And we are going to have like a big on, like big party. We yeah. just haven't done that yet. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was pretty happy to do it. So you s- mentioned that you felt, really shocked when you found out you were pregnant let's talk about your pregnancy and how you had to get on board with that during all the moments of shock and freaking out (laughs) well I hadn't been around anybody close who'd been pregnant before in my group of friends I'm the first one to get pregnant and I genuinely thought this is exposing a lot of like my I don't know education I guess I thought your belly just grows and everything else is fine I really did not realize that your whole everything changes like Mm -hmm. you strange things happen to you and I did not understand that and I or or what was I prepared for it at all and one of the things that helped me the most was listening to the is it normal podcast because I was like oh okay this is now making sense or now um this is going to happen next week I was listening a week ahead but like if it wasn't for that I would have you know been a lot more confused (laughs) and how did you tackle like obviously during your pregnancy how did you tackle your fear around birth well what I did is the first uh five or six months I decided to not think about it at all and when anyone would ask me about it I just I would just say I'll just deal with it when it happens I'm not even (laughs) gonna think about it I'm gonna turn up to hospital it will happen done and loads of people going you know that's so refreshing that you just aren't obsessed with it and that you don't have a birth plan and I was like yeah I'm just gonna go with it I'm so relaxed and then I think after I'd filmed Bake Off in the summer and people started asking me questions about like 
placenta and what are you going to do with the, the cord? I was like, what are you talking about? I did like an intense month of education. I did hypnobirthing, um, yes. like a course on hypnobirthing. I listened to the Ina May, is it Ina May Gaskin's audio book? Yeah. I listened yeah. to the Positive Birth book. And then I also had private NCT classes with a midwife. Also, the, she was shocked by the type of questions I was asking her. She Give yeah, us an example. Know. Yeah. Give us an example. <laughs> Well, I didn't know that your like cervix like moves and opens and chain. I I had to ask her like she gave me a full on demo of what would happen to my body during birth. I didn't know that that happened. I thought yeah, it was just, I, don't, I mean I, yeah, I don't know anyone that knows that to be no. honest. It's, it's really it's really yeah. refreshing hearing you say this. But George, would you say that? I mean, unless you're unless you're a doctor and you know the physiology mm. of your actual body and what happens during it, how how are you supposed to how know? Would I, you know? I, I also I don't know about you, but I was really shocked when I heard that you had to then give birth to the placenta. Yeah, I was like, oh, sorry, God. what? Oh. I have to do this twice? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I know it's not the same now, but I remember thinking, oh my God, this is horrendous. This is horrendous. Why Why do we have to do this as well? Because there's so much I didn't know. Don't they give you an injection to make that happen though? They give yeah. you an injection in the side of your leg, don't if you they? If you want it. Yeah, what does that if you do? want it. I think I basically you can either have the <laughs> injection and it helps it come come out quicker, like within 15 minutes. But if they don't give you that injection, you've got to wait. It's like an hour and then you actually push it out. I what think. did you do? I had an emergency C-section. Oh my so God, okay, had- right. Let's yeah, get so on to this. So you, you can t- tell us, your contractions start at home or where are <laughs> yeah. you? So hang on, did you end up with a birth plan? Did you write a birth plan? Yeah. Did you actually write? You did. Okay, cool. I had a massive revelation and I was like, right, I'm going to take control of this birth. It's an amazing thing that's happening. I'm going to embrace it. And I, I was like, I went from saying I'm going to go to the hospital to then I'm adamantly having this home birth looking into getting water pools and hiring private midwives and doing it all myself. And then with no pain relief, by the way, and then I changed my mind to a, a, a birth center in the hospital. And I was so like, oh, I'm just going to have this amazing birth and, you know, I'm not going to have pain Great. relief. To then me being at home, and I'd written a birth plan for this, but then I was at home and I started getting contractions. And I was like, I'm going to welcome welcome these contractions because they bring me closer to my baby. You know, be a bit affirmation. birthing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. I did 42 hours of contractions. And I was just had the tennis machine on. I was like in the bathroom eating. I was eating a lot of mac and cheese. What else did I have? I had a five guys. And then... I it started getting really intense and I my mum I went to my mum's house to sit there for a bit and my grandma was sat next to me and she was saying to me you know giving birth was the worst thing I did it was really awful. Oh no cheers granny. Oh, no. Yeah. And meanwhile I was had all this like I was trying to do all my you know hypnobirthing affirmations and my grandma yeah. sat there telling me it was she doesn't envy me and how it was the worst thing she did and she did it with no doctors and it was in like in Kenya in her house. Then my mum and husband went out to eat a dosa because they were like, this baby's not coming for a while. And by the time they got back, I was in quite a lot of pain. Hold on, they went out for dinner? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know, the two of them. So then um, they get on really well and they love eating. And I was like, just go, you know, like they weren't helping me anyway. I was like, just go out. Then, and my mum wasn't even meant to be there. Then I, when she came back, she was like, right, I'm taking you to the hospital. Like, you need to just, like, I, and I was like, no, I, I need to be in excruciating pain in order to go there because they'd already sent me back once. 
Then I got to the hospital and my waters broke in the waiting room. Oh my gosh. And when I, I know. And then when I looked at it, I was like, oh, they look a bit murky. They don't look clear. And only because I'd done all of this work before, I knew that there was, you know, baby poo in the waters. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So then I went into one of the rooms, then they monitored me and I was on the gas and air. And my husband kept taking my gas and air and I was yeah. so angry with him. They do that. Dozer did that. He was loving it. He was like, hand that over. And I was like, get off. Get your own gas and air. I need it. And every time I just put it to the side, he was like, ah. <laughs> I know a lot of people say that their partners do the yeah. same thing. Yeah, he was just trying it. It yeah. makes me feel better, actually, because yeah, I was yeah, so yeah. angry with him at this point. Yeah. And then they said to me, right, you can't have your water bath because you've got, you know, the baby's pooed in you. So that can't happen. And then I immediately just panicked. I completely lost all of this like calm Zen energy that I had. And I was just completely panicked, went into a room and then they were monitoring my, um, the baby's heartbeat. And immediately the pain just got so like intense. And I don't know if it was because I panicked and that brought on more yeah. pain in my head, but then they, I just said, give me an epidural. Like I need an epidural. <laughs> yeah. And then, and I wasn't even in my birth plan ever. So I had this epidural and then all of a sudden all these midwives started rushing in because to, to look at this heartbeat. And then out of nowhere, they just said, right, you're going in for an emergency C-section now. Um, we're taking you in. And I, I, I burst out crying because I was like, this is not the way it's meant to happen. I, I don't want this. It's not going to happen. Then I went into the theater and they said, can you feel this cold spray on your legs? And I was like, yeah, I can feel it, thinking I'd done a good thing by being able to feel it. But it meant that the epidural hadn't kicked in in time. So they just put general anesthetic on me, knocked me out, husband had to go out, and then a couple hours later I woke up. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Oh, my gosh. Because it was that much of an emergency, they didn't have time yeah. for it to... <gasps> yeah. Oh, wow. wow. So you came around. Where are you when you come around after a C-section? Are you in like a recovery room or...? Yeah, I was in like a curtained part of a room, not mm. like a private room. And I was so out of it that I didn't even really register with me that I'd had this baby. It was just quite, I was so Yeah, so George, she was complete. So you'd had general yeah, anesthetic. So you, yeah. you weren't awake at any point during no. the labor. No. How, 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 like, how do you feel? How are you? I mean, I'm good now, but I couldn't initially for the first, I think, 
four weeks of coming out of that, I couldn't talk about it without bursting into tears because I, mm. it was so traumatic and it was so far from what I wanted. And I felt very guilty that I was like the baby wasn't put on my chest and I was so wanted that I didn't get to do all the delayed cord clamping. I didn't even get to look at the placenta, like skin to skin, none of it. And I just felt that I had really let the baby down and let myself down. Oh, you haven't. Oh, yeah. you, no, haven't. You, you haven't. But that haven't. is completely normal and can both of us can completely understand that. We, we we actually hear that loads in all the conversations that we've had. If it's ever happened the way that you're describing, it's like, you know, it's like in a way it's like I can it's a weird thing to relate it to but if somebody suddenly just disappears off this earth and you're not there to see it and then you have to see you know somebody that is no longer with us that is also like a shock to the system because you're like well hold on they were there a second ago now they're not I imagine in the same way that you're like there's my baby in my tummy and now suddenly my baby's over here but I have had no journey of that process Mm. exactly and also they put the baby on well I'm grateful that they did but they put the baby on my husband when when he was born and then also my mum was there so my mum held the baby and I'm really glad that that happened but I've I just felt so bad that maybe maybe we were, we were never going to bond because I missed that opportunity and I kept saying I don't think he even knows that I'm his mum really it was oh, quite no. difficult what, what were the midwives yeah. sort of saying did were they you know were they talking to you and helping you or you know were you left um yeah I felt very like obviously, I know that midwives are overstretched. And I yeah, know totally. Really this is not digging out midwives at yeah, all. Yeah, definitely I have not. So yeah, so much respect for them and a lot of love for midwives. I think it's a very hard job. But to be honest, I felt very like left alone after that. I didn't really get any form of counsel afterwards or like advice. It was just sort of like, there you go. Um, you're fine. Didn't Did you find out what those. happened, Rav? Did you find out what happened for them to? you know rush you so quickly into that c-section well I did keep asking afterwards because I was so in shock and I really didn't get much of a response they said that I should write a letter to somebody and then get back and then Mm. they'd get back and then they'd look into it but I I never got around to doing any of that to be honest Mm. and what about coming home like how how has how has that been how you know how have the last few weeks been well for the first two weeks that when I came out initially, I went straight to my mum's house, which was never on the agenda ever. And thank goodness I did. But my mum looks after my grandma. She's her full-time carer. And my mum then just took me and my husband on because I was physically really not very good. I couldn't really stand up straight. I was in a lot of pain. And I couldn't even, I was so frustrated that I couldn't get up properly to hold the baby. And I was getting like really tired and you you know you're trying to figure out breastfeeding at the same time but you're also full of all these drugs and you've got to inject your legs with a c-section and take all this medication and you're constipated and it's just not fun is it like Mm. you need support so I was really grateful to go to my mom's and I stayed there for two weeks and I kept thinking oh I'll go home to the flat today but I I just couldn't manage it so I was at my Mm. mom's really couldn't have done it without her because also she she like tag teamed all of the like feeding and helped me like figure it all out. So thank goodness. Wow, I was that's there. incredible. How was your mental yeah. health during that period? Because bearing in mind we're only five weeks after you've had the yeah. baby, so we're still really in those early stages. I think I, I'm one of those people that doesn't really acknowledge that I'm ever down about anything, and I will always be like, "I'll be fine." Like, why is this person sad? They're fine. Get on with it. Let's move. And that's how my mum is as well. 
But I, for the first time, it it hit me so hard and I couldn't understand why I was sad or why I wasn't able to get over this and why I couldn't just get on with it. I didn't understand why. And I felt very weak for that. So I didn't really tell anybody, but I cried a lot. Mm, (laughs) You didn't tell anyone? No, I just, because I I didn't like appear knowing anyone. I didn't want anyone to think that I was down. Yeah. And I I don't cry in front of my family. I even remember my wedding day when we did it in the registry. I wanted to cry because I was quite emotional, but I didn't want them to see me cry. So I just was only focusing on holding it in. And that, I don't know why I do that. Is that something you've always done throughout yeah. your whole life? We're not yeah. criers. Okay. So don't really like to show that. Yeah, no, I'm the same as you. I don't cry. I've so seen George cry once. Me. Yeah, once. Uh, yeah, I'm, my nickname's the Ice Queen because I just don't really she, but she's not, cry. She's not, she's not a bitch. She just can be very like, <laughs> let's put this in it. She can compartmentalise things very, very quickly, our George. So like, mm. even if something really bad has happened, she will be like, no, it's absolutely fine. I can handle this. And then whereas I'm like, I find it interesting though that you say that you just don't that you don't cry because like I feel I don't cry but I'm always like what's wrong with me why don't I cry like other people but I wonder if it is that whole mentality of you just get on with things and that is just the way you are do you ever cry by yourself George no you never cry no. What have I got? I oh my don't, God, I like, cry. Um, there's a chance I'll cry four times a week. What? Really? <laughs> four is times that, that a, a week? Yeah. yeah. I think that's a lot. Do you think that's a it lot? It takes so much out of you crying though. Yeah. Sometimes I can cry if I hear my dad's favourite song, Toto Africa. I can't hear it because he died. I just cry and sob and have to turn it off. Some music in my car makes me cry if I hear a great house track or... <laughs> If my kids do something amazing, I can cry. I can cry looking at a Christmas tree. I cried last night when we put the Christmas tree up because it reminded me of all my beautiful memories as a child. No? No. That's quite nice. No. It's really nice. I just can't. This is what I mean, though. So that's God. why I sometimes think, like, when other people are crying, I'm like, why aren't I? Why am I? Come on. Come on. Do it. And I just I just don't. <laughs> but Rav, were you crying in private, Rav? Were you crying away from them? Yes. I was crying in the shower a lot. And I remember, but, but actually, since I've had Donnie, my baby, I cry all the time and I cry yes. about everything, like music, you know, and every small thing, even I looked at his toes the other day and I started crying. So maybe now I'm a new person that cries. More maybe open. you are. Yeah, exactly. I did cry to my mom and she, oh, wow. <laughs> I think she was trying to cry to show how much she appreciated my cry but she, could, she couldn't cry. She was stabbing herself with a needle. What you didn't yeah, like, see is her stabbing herself her with a needle. Keeping her eyes open like that, <laughs> try, trying to get the tears to go. Par- parenthood will make you cry, Rav. Parenthood will, will bring up a whole lot of stuff, which, which is quite, it's quite beautiful. It's also quite intense at times where you're like, why can't I stop crying now? But I, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I think, I think you can't escape it really when you're, when you're in the throes of the baby blues afterwards. Mm. Um, and, yeah. ha- and how are you now sort of day-to-day with those blues? Have they passed? Well, I, yeah, I'd say so. I'm a lot better now, especially now that I'm back at, in my flat and I have more of my routine mm. and I'm able to like brush my hair without feeling exhausted mm. and I'm, I'm less in pain. I think the pain thing was quite difficult and also navigating feeding I found really difficult. Um, and also the 
onslaught of advice that was being thrown at me Mm -hmm. I found it so overwhelming that I just couldn't you know I couldn't have my own opinion if that makes sense yeah I think as well when you're feeling vulnerable it's so easy to get bogged down by everyone's voices that you forget like actually I don't need to listen to all of this because you're so vulnerable and so tired yourself has there anything has there been anything that's come up over the last five weeks that's kind of shocked you that you you didn't realize would be a thing like for example for me I didn't realize that getting out of the house would be such a big thing i never even crossed my mind that it might take me two hours to walk out the door has there been anything like you know just like that I think I'm an extremely social person and this flat in general is always open to everyone like I always have people around and people are always coming over and I I host so many dinner parties here and even when I do work everyone's always here and I what I'm really shocked by is the amount that I haven't wanted to see anybody because yeah. I'm not that person and mm. I found even having a single visitor over extremely difficult and tell I, us about that I just didn't think, I thought I'd be the one that wanted everyone around all the time, but I found it so draining to Mm. have anybody in my space and things irritate me that would never normally irritate me, (laughs) you know? And I just think for someone who is extremely hospitable, if you come to my house, I'll want to feed you. I'll want to make you something or like, you know, you'll you'll have coffee and you'll definitely have food or When are we coming? I'm free now. (laughs) Me too. Next week I've got some slots. (laughs) But the first couple of weeks, I just couldn't handle anybody in this space. Didn't like it when I first got back um, because I was trying to figure out, I'm also very clean. So I was like hyper sensitive to, to where, you know, people's shoes were. Or like mm. if they washed their hands when they came in and, you know, I found that quite hard. And also there is something really beautiful about those first, you know, two, three months where it's just you and your baby. And I think in certain, you know, cultures or, you know, certain environments, people just want to be there all the time, you know, and actually you get so, it gets so busy with, you know, you, yeah. you end up hosting the people that come around to support you. Exactly. You're like, yeah. oh, let me get you a cup of tea. Oh, can I get you some cake? Oh, can I? And you're like, hold on, you're supposed to be here for me. Um, and we always say this. We're kind of like, if people want to come around and visit, they get a slot. And then you have to say, right, it's you have to go now. Because yeah. you're exhausted. You've don't got to feel, be strict. Don't feel worried about saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you are, you know, you are the person who loves to host people. I think it's really difficult when you don't feel like you can do that in the way you normally would. So, you know, like that, I'm like that. I love having, you know, I love cooking and all that kind of stuff. So when people come around, if I, you know, when I've just had a baby, I'm not doing that. So I sort of feel like I don't want you to see me like this because yes, exactly. this isn't, this isn't my normal, I can't put on my normal thing. Um, but no, I like, it is funny, isn't it? Like we both said this though, like second time round, we were so much more strict about, visitors and actually it's one of the only pieces of advice that I give mates when they have a baby is like do your thing for you know the Mm. first few weeks I don't expect to come around if you need me I'm here but don't you know I don't I I don't need to yeah yeah be very yeah be very clear on that I, I, um, I'd love to find out how the bonding process between you and Donny has gone because you have mentioned on this chat that you were concerned about that side of it and also not wanting to be a mother before. So how has that moment between you and him been? I think that I've, I've spent so much time feeling guilty about not doing all of the things that I thought I should have done, like not having him on my chest immediately when he was born. And also at the beginning, because I was pumped full of so many drugs, I couldn't 
properly breastfeed, I found the physicality of it so hard. And also my body wasn't ready, I don't think, because I was still in shock. I did all the colostrum, that was fine. But feeding in itself was really difficult. And I just beat myself up about it. And I just couldn't. I was talking to a lot of people about it and I thought something was wrong with me and I thought, God, he's not going to know that I'm his mother because, you know, I'm not properly feeding him. I was expressing and I thought that it was going to make a big difference. I just felt very guilty. And it's only in the last two weeks where I, you know, I've stopped joking about the fact that he doesn't know I'm his mother <laughs> because <laughs> we've started, like I, I've turned a bit of a corner with it. Have you? Oh, that's, that's great. So good. You're just finding really your flow. Good. And what's going on with the feeding? I'm doing combination feeding, and great. and it's it's also something that really shocked me was feeding, and people trying to get involved in that. I hated it. I hated oh, really? Way. In yeah, what yeah. way? I didn't know that breastfeeding doesn't come naturally to everybody. I didn't know it wasn't. I thought you literally have the baby, put them on your chest, they start breastfeeding, boom, ready to go. But that's not the case. It wasn't the case for me. And I think that because it wasn't, I felt so guilty. I thought something was wrong with me. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm I'm one of those people that, you know, that I would have maybe judged before for not being able to do it, for being, like, lazy, even though I was just physically in so much pain. And I had some amazing consultants help me so that now I can combination do it. And I was expressing a lot. So I was sitting by a plug every two hours because I was like, I'm going to do this. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's ex- exhausting, isn't it? Exhausting. Oh, oh my God. And they get so sore. They're like, yeah. so sore. I find it amazing that we can still hold on to so much guilt. I know. In those, yeah. in those early throws. That never goes away, by the way. But in those early throws when we're so vulnerable, like Georgia said, and the, the overriding emotion is guilt. Like yeah. you need to pat yourself on the back and hug yourself and love yourself for what you've just done. You've brought a yeah. human into the world and yet exactly. we're still fighting yeah. this feeling that we are not doing enough. Exactly. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. hard because you think That's everyone's mad. judging you. And I was getting people who I don't really even know that well asking me how I'm, how is your feeding going? Um, are you breastfeeding? You're breastfeeding, right? And it's like, well, maybe I'm having a really hard time and I don't want to talk about it right now. That was mm. hard. Mm. And also it's a choice. That's the thing, isn't it? Like we yeah, have a choice. Yeah, really Like, and I mean, I, I didn't enjoy breastfeeding at all. Like, and if anyone asks me, oh, did you breastfeed? I'll say, yeah, I did for a bit, but I didn't like it. And <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't do it again <laughs> like that. And that's just the honest, you know, honest opinion. I know like there's research and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you have to look after yourself because how we know how important that is. We know we have to, you know, try and make ourselves happy in order to raise happy kids and you know it, it all goes hand in hand exactly so true and I I still have George I don't know if you have this but I still now I can't believe I'm going to share this because I breastfed I did three months with Luna and I did 10 weeks with Kit because Kit had reflux Rav, so I couldn't do any more than that and also again like George I wasn't I just didn't love it wholeheartedly, I think. But I still now, if me and my husband are having a moment where it's getting intimate and stuff and he's sort of going down to like, you know, be a bit sexual, I'm, I'm like a bit, I, I just get this flash of my children yeah. just sucking on my boobs and I'm like, fuck. And it's been like five years since I did it and I still have that image in my head. Like Same. my boobs are no longer sexual things. <laughs> it's, why can't I get that back? I used to love being, being all touched and sucked and all kinds of shit. And now I'm a bit like, oh, I can't. I don't feel yeah. it. 
Yeah, Are you the same? I'm, no, I'm exactly the same. It gives me the creeps, the ick. <sighs> Most of the time I just keep my bra on. Also, the amount of people that I that have just squeezed my boobs in the last couple of weeks. Random people, like, you know, not ra- not people on the street, but like, you know. There's a TV chef. Lactation consultants and like the, the midwives that come around, they're like, let me just help you. And they just come and like, you know. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. You're already back doing like work projects and you've got a new book out. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? And I mean, wow, five weeks in and you're already yeah, talking about work. Massive high fives. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So I, I, I knew that this book was coming out after having a baby because in my head I was like, why is everyone making a big fuss of it? Of course I'll be able to release a book. Don't be ridiculous. Anyway, it is quite hard to do both, I found out. But yeah, my book comes out this week and it's uh, Baking wow. for Pleasure. And it's like, a, I wrote it right before I got pregnant and then I tested and shot the whole book when I just found out I was pregnant. So it's like been on this whole journey with me. Amazing. And it's out this week. Yes, on Thursday. Ah, Exciting. Exciting. Well, congratulations. I can't wait. I can't wait to get it. I mean, anything that will help. George is the chef in this relationship. So anything that will help me. Obviously, you're in the very, very early stages of, of, of motherhood. But could you please give us the best piece of advice that you've been given around being a new parent or the piece of advice that you've learned in the last five weeks that you would impart onto a new mum or dad? Well, I would say... And this has actually just come from my own experience. Don't be hard on yourself because it's really easy to, to beat yourself up about things that you think you should do. But don't be hard on yourself. I wish that more people would tell me that. I love mm, that. Love that. And what, what products have you been loving for you or, you know, or for the baby? Definitely a UV steriliser. I oh. think it's amazing. Uh, I've got, I think it's called Vital Baby. And it's really good for like bottles, breast pump bits. And you just, and you can even do your mobile phone in there. Haven't tried it yet, but you bung everything you in. You could do your mobile phone in the steriliser. You can clean it in there. Yes. Oh, that's in cool. In a UV steriliser. Your it. car keys, everything. So you can put that in there. Love that. I also love those newbie flasks. I don't know if you've tried them before. No. Newbie. I've heard of newbie. Love that. And any product for you that you've just been using for the last five weeks that you can't stop using? I like the Yo-Yo Pram actually. I thought I wanted a bigger one, but it's really easy. I love that. And in terms of products, I don't know. I think that actually the gift of audiobooks and podcasts has been the biggest gift. I love that. Because I haven't been able to watch TV shows, but I can listen to amazing things. Yeah, I love that. Um, Rav, thank you. you so much for coming on. It's been such a treat to uh, to chat to you today. And good luck. Five weeks yeah, in and the rest is going to be such an adventure. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I feel like I've been very like openly exposed about things, but I think it's good to talk about these things. So thank it you is. so much. No, no we appreciate your honesty. We really space. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Thank Lots you. of love. Well Real, done, Rav. Thank bye. you so much. Bye. 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 How about that conversation around breastfeeding? I know. I know. Me too. And it's, do you know what? I think in this safe space that we are, you know, that we hold here in the Made by Mamas community, I actually forget that judgment still goes on around breastfeeding. And I think I just take for granted that, you know, there's nobody around me that would hopefully experience that because, you know, we've we've been there and it's, we, we know that it's not necessary, but, you know, firsthand listening that, 
actually you do still get the judge you know th- there are still the judgmental looks in the comments and yeah. we do need to we do actually have to keep talking about it and saying that it's okay do you know what and it's okay not to make a single excuse as to why you're not breastfeeding because you don't need to make an excuse because it is just your choice like it, yeah. it literally is your choice you don't have to say oh I'm not breastfeeding because of this or because of that you can actually just say I'm not breastfeeding because I don't want to and that is fine yeah that is fine and actually we need to lift we need to lift the shame on that I really Mm. think it's an important conversation the more conversations we have around it the easier it's going to become and actually when we stop recording Rav said I'm really grateful for you guys sharing your experiences around it because I've been feeling you know like I should be feeling differently about it and actually I've found it quite tough and that and actually not that enjoyable in parts and it's like yeah that's fine your baby is the happiest when it is fed and it's with you and you know that unit is there so we should just take the guilt away from not having this zen experience some people will have that and that is amazing and also high fives to them but other people they just won't It's not always going to be like that. And also, even if you're not a new mum, the the guilt piece is so prevalent. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it's just it just goes on and on and on. And I think we need to sometimes take a step back and remind ourselves that it's not a useful feeling. Like guilt no. is just a waste of an emotion, and mm. we need to acknowledge it. Yes, of course, but just remind ourselves that we can only do what we can do, and. Mm. Wait, we shouldn't waste our time feeling guilty about things. Agreed. I'm with you, George. Um, what a great conversation today. Loved Thank it. you so much for listening, everybody. And as always, we'd love you to rate, review, subscribe, and please give our podcast a little follow and spread the Made by Mama's word, please. Yeah, please do five-star reviews only, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> but if you have got any feedback, then please do drop us a message on Instagram. We're on at Made by Mama's, and we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mamas is an Insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.